Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and today is Monday, May 20th, 2013. Today we're reading from the big book. We're going to be in Chapter 2 on page 17, entitled, There is a Solution. Today's readers are Judy B., Penny E., Fran, and Rebecca. Share code for Friday, that's May 17th, was 4463. Share code for Sunday's presentation on Step 12, 4497. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now call on Rebecca to read the 12 steps, please. Good morning. This is Rebecca F. from Connecticut, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly asked God to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
I will now call on Meg to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Leah. Good morning. My name is Meg O, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Vermont. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those that they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, and with that, I will pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are in Chapter 2 on page 17, 
This chapter is entitled, There is a Solution. And I will ask Judy B. to begin reading, please. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Chapter 2, There is a Solution. We, of Alcoholics Anonymous, know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. A wonderful introduction to this, uh, this new chapter where we're going to see the solution. And it's just so interesting to note that at the time this was written, you know, they said that nearly all had recovered. And uh, these, these people were just as hopeless as Bill. We've, we've read about how hopeless Bill was. And we know how hopeless many of us were when we first came into this program. <laughs> Excuse me. And nearly all have recovered. Well, gee, that doesn't sound like um, the way it seems to be working today. I wonder why. I think we're going to find out why as we read, as we read more in this chapter, as we read more about the solution. Um, I want to refer back to page 13 where Bill talked about what he did. Um, he, he talked to his friend and he said, belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. In other words, we have to come to a a new relationship with a higher power so that we can trust that higher power to guide us. We have to follow this practical program of action. I mean, we're given the steps. It'll tell us one step at a time. It'll tell us what to do. We have to clean house, and then we have to help others. I mean, it's, it's a very simple program. Not easy, but it's simple. And it's, it's possible for us to recover. And uh, I look forward to this, to this chapter because the good news is here. It will tell us exactly what we need to do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Would anyone else like to comment on this first paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, your turn. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overreader from South Jersey. I'm so excited. I went to bed last night knowing we were going to start this chapter. And gosh, for years out before OA and for years in OA, I did not know there was a solution, a solution. I was hoping at most for a temporary respite. I was hoping at most to, to, to have the misery stop for just a short amount of time. And unfortunately, that was my experience for many years in OA. I could get enough tools together. I would get enough stuff together so it would be this temporary, temporary respite. But it's saying here, there is a solution. Nearly all have recovered ED. They have solved the drink problem, ED. So if we're solving this problem, first of all, we have to know what the problem is. And I didn't know that for many years. For many years, I thought food and weight was my problem. And the fact was, if food was my problem, I did many conventional diets where maybe accidentally I wasn't eating my binge foods. And if that truly was my problem, then that diet would have worked. I would have just stayed on the diet and been okay. 
And if weight was really my problem, then the dozens of times that I lost weight would have been the end of the story and I would have gone on and been okay. But when it's saying here I solved the drink problem, I have recovered because my problem is I have an allergy of the body. When I ingest certain foods, my body demands that I have more. And that will never change. It says in the big book, we are never cured. So I will always have that allergy. But the larger aspect of my disease is I have this obsession of the mind, this mental twist that tells me that it's okay to go back to the food, that this time will be different. So what does it mean to be recovered? Why do I identify myself as recovered? Because I have walked through this book and I've experienced the promises on step 10 in page 84. I have recovered because the obsession has been removed. And if the obsession is removed, I will not go back to the food. And if I do not not go back to the food, I will not trigger the allergy. And if I don't trigger the allergy, I will not be in that vicious cycle over and over and over again. I still know I have the allergy. I will always have the allergy. But if I live in 10, 11, and 12, I will stay recovered so that my mind will not tell me to go back. And if I do not go back, I will not trigger the allergy. I will not enter the well-known stages of the spree, emerging remorseful, swearing never to do it again. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this first paragraph? Monica? Ms. Paula, may I? Oh. Monica, and then Paula, please. Thank you, Leah. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. There is a solution, a one, one solution. And what is solution? A way of resolving difficulty, an answer to the puzzle. You know, uh, the puzzle, wow, doesn't that fit us, the puzzle? I puzzled for many, many years over this. And we of Alcoholics Anonymous, and of course, who are this we? You know, that's the first 100 recovered alcoholics, and that's what they're saying here. We have recovered 100 of them. You know, it's easy to argue with one person. Eh, one person, you know. But when a hundred of them are standing there, getting together, unified, saying, we have a solution. What hope? What hope? And they have all recovered. And like Kim was saying, we've recovered. We're not cured. What is recovered? I've recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. When I walked through that door, when my shadow crossed that door, I was hopeless. Everything seemed hopeless. You know, years and decades of trying to control my eating. Nothing worked. I was desperate and hopeless when I walked through that door. And there's hope. There's hope. We have a solution. And they're going to tell us what it is. And, and what has changed? You know, what is recovery for me? I don't have that hopeless sense anymore. God has given me a personality change. As a result of working the steps, I have had a change in my thinking and my attitudes. That's what recovery is. That's, and that is sufficient to bring about the recovery. They have solved the drink problem. 
I no longer have a food problem. I'm not cured, but oh, so much hope here. So much hope, and they are going to tell us a solution. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. And Paula, please. This is Paula, Recovered Compulsible Reader. You know, we just saw the word thousands a few pages before when when Bill was in the hospital and he dreamed. He says, oh, could it be? You know, there would be thousands of people that I could help. And look what we see here. We of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands. It came to pass of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered, and they have solved the drug drink problem. You know, we often use the word we and they, and we use it in a vague way, especially they. They said, they said. Here they identify who they are. Each has a name, as we do. Each has a name. And that word recovered, may I come back to it? Recovered, to get back. That's what you read here, what they got back, what they thought they lost. To grow well from the sickness of this disease and from the shame. Restored from sickness. Restored. They were given back. Again, I'll use that word because they're the miracle. And they all had names. Friend, Ro- Fred, Roland, Jim, Dr. Bob at the end of the book, the, um, the third alcoholic, Bill also. They all had names. And it says here, nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. More than that, they solved the life problem. I thank you for allowing me to share, and with that I do pass. And so glad to be part of the we. Thank you, Paula. My name is Leia. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. A short paragraph, but one that uh, can't be glossed over. So important. Obviously, this morning we're starting. There is a solution, and uh, this is this is the chapter where uh, you know these recovered alcoholics shout the good news that there is there's help, there's hope, there is a way out of for them King Alcohol's mad realm. Uh, So it says here, we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as uh, as Bill. And, of course, we spent a great amount of time studying Bill's uh, very vivid and detailed account of his descent into the madness of the disease of alcoholism. Uh, If you recall, uh, he recovered, and he never drank again. Uh, Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. They have solved the drink problem. This word recovered, you know, uh, meets a lot of controversy. It's kind of unheard of, so to speak, in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, unfortunately. Uh, But it's true. It is true for, uh, for us as well that we can get to a place called recovered. And that is actually the aim and the goal and the objective of the whole program of recovery is to move through these steps and have an experience which is spiritual in nature which will expel the obsession of the mind. When it says nearly all have recovered, how do we know when a person is recovered? Well, 
do they have the mental obsession or not? Have they moved through the process of the steps? And in that process, the obsession of the mind will be expelled. It will be driven out. The problem will be solved. This is not uh, talking about a temporary respite. This is talking about salvation. This is talking about the problem being solved. They have solved the drink problem. If you take a look at the forward to the first edition, uh, in that first few lines there, it says, We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered, here's that word again, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. So that's exactly why we study this book, is to study the specific directions as to how to achieve how to reach this state of being recovered. This is not a book of theory or philosophy. This big book offers a step-by-step approach for recovery, and it enables us, it enabled the alcoholic, but it enables the compulsive overeater as well to fully understand the disease and to fully understand the practical solution to the problem so you can implement these steps so that you can get to this place called recovered. Uh, so it is actually um, something that can happen for Overeaters Anonymous. This is not just some theatrical production that we put on every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. The people that come forward that uh, identify themselves as recovered have been restored to sanity. Is this about personal success or personal recognition or power? Absolutely not. This is about how the solution of recovery God has revolutionized our lives, and in that process, the obsession of the mind, the greater aspect of the disease, has been driven out. That's exactly why AA grew by leaps and bounds. Two primary reasons. Number one, uh, you know, men and women got sober and they stayed sober. And number two, they became useful citizens. Again, their families were reunited and they became uh you know, participating members of society, just like Bill. And so that is the message of hope that is offered here. And that is something that Overeaters Anonymous needs to hear. And with that, I pass. Anybody else want to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Philomena. Philomena and then Janice, please. Thanks. Thank you. Um, My name is Philomena, uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And the word recover is... Is so beautiful. Uh, it's to me. It's regaining my health, self-awareness, balance, and composure in my life. And on page eighty-five, it says, "We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition." And uh, I, I am just so grateful today because um, because of the steps in the big book. Uh, I am experiencing the promises and the miracles in my life and in my family. And um, and I am so grateful to be celebrating my 65th birthday today because if three years ago I was uh, not going to make it. So I am so, I'm so grateful for that and uh, have uh, good health and I'm able to see the miracles uh, in my son's life. And uh, that is answered a prayer for, since for 12 years I've been praying and prayer does work, and, and God is there. 
and I'm just so grateful that he um, he brought me to the OA door and to the big book. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. And Janice, please. Good morning. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, I, I too, um, joined the bandwagon on this one that, you know, here we are. There is a solution. And we're only at Chapter 2. We're only at Chapter 2. And what we've been studying has been an incredible amount of information in learning about ourselves learning about ourselves, the doctor's opinion, identifying who we are and what we're up against, and then hearing in great detail the story of Bill W.'s recovery from that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. You know, and that is the aim and the goal and the objective of this book is to give us that information so that we can decide for ourselves whether we are a compulsive overeater or not, do I fit this criteria? Have I been able to identify myself? Have I been able to see myself? Have I been able to step out of the denial and see that I am truly one of these, powerless over food, and being given the way out, if I want it, if I want it. So, you know, what I love to do is invite you to look at yourself, to see if indeed you are one of us. You know, we of Alcoholics Anonymous, we. You know, that beautiful word we, written in such beautiful print and typeset, face, face this dilemma. You know, and no one, no one can identify whether you are a compulsive overeater but you. But you. You know, and if you are, here it is. <laughs> You know, here it is. Here is the solution. And they start out with a bang. Nearly all have recovered. Nearly all have recovered. Those who identified who they were and what they were up against and grabbed hold of the information here, nearly all have recovered. You know, they have solved the drink problem. But what we're going to learn is that the drink problem was just the surface. The drink problem was merely a symptom of a deeper problem and that I needed a solution to that deeper problem. But I couldn't get to that solution unless I identified what was going on with me. And so this is a a wonderful place to be. And if you're listening, grab hold of your seats because you're in for the journey of a lifetime if indeed you are like me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Let's move on to the next paragraph now with Penny E., please. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, everybody. This is Penny E., recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We are average Americans. All sections of the country and many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship a friendliness and understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. 
The feeling of having shared a common pearl in one element in the powerful cement which binds us is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. Well, I would like to share. Penny E. recovered in South Jersey. And yes, Janice, my seatbelt is still on. Still on. I'll never take it off. Thank you, God. I don't even know where to start on this uh, paragraph. Um, Yes, there is a solution. And I have found the solution through the grace of God, all of you, and this big book. You know, when somebody was talking about how some people don't like the idea of using the word recovered, I think how presumptuous of us. Uh, You know, this is the information that Bill and Bob left us. How presumptuous of me to say that there really can't be a solution, that I really can't get recovered. Um, I need to know this book. I need to know this book, exactly what's in it, not like some of the experts or, or, or the, the, uh, you know, the real people that we hear on this line. We don't all have to be at that level, but we have to know enough of this book to know what's in the book and what's not in the book. So what's in the book? Okay, there is a solution, and I know I'm recovered. I have found that recovery. This has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with this book and, and following the directions. Haven't had to overeat 24 years, don't want to overeat. We're average Americans, it says, all sections of the country, all occupations. We look around the room, and if anybody didn't know that it was a 12-step meeting, they would think, what do these people have in common? There's old, there's fat, there's thin, there's emaciated, there's, you know, all different colors, all different races. What do we have in common? a major, major, major disease that binds us together. It says we normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a fellowship, an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. And I want to just um, talk about that fellowship. Uh, The definition for that, I'm going to read the definition, but there's so much more than that. It says groups or combined members of AA, association between individuals, especially on pleasant, equal, or intimate terms, a union of friends or equal sharing common interests, experiences, or purpose, friendship, companionship. This program is so much more than putting down the food and getting a a uh, food plan, you know, uh, to recover, to work these steps that it's described in this book and to be part of the fellowship. I want to just explain something that happened to me from the fellowship, from the fellowship, the fellowship. Uh, nine years ago, I was in a major accident. I won't go through all the, all the details. I was in a hospital in Georgia. I live in, in New Jersey. Three people were on my ICE call in case of emergency, three people, one person, I didn't even know their last name, the fellowship, the fellowship. My, in case of emergency, were fellowship. They were my people. Three people in an hour's notice got a one-way ticket to Georgia, regardless of their uh, families, their um, jobs, their responsibilities, regardless of their money. They came to Georgia with scales and cups and measuring spoons, and they walked into the emergency room, Uh, And they said, actually, I was in a room, and they said to the doctor, she can't have sugar, she can't have wheat, she can't have, you know, here I am, beat up. My husband is, is, um, has been born into eternal life as a result of this accident. 
And these are my people. These are the fellowship people who came to save me because, to help me. They knew I needed help. They knew I needed help. This is a strong, strong connection. I mean, I wouldn't give this up for anything, anything in the world. And in addition to that, they came to my house. They lived with me. They had me on a schedule. Who was going to drive me here? Who was going to drive me there? There must have been 25 people. One person moved in my house. One person mowed the lawn. One person cleaned the house. One person did my cooking. Fellowship fellowship, an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. This connection that we get in this program is unbelievably, I I don't even have the words. I don't even have the words. So please strap up that seatbelt, strap it up. Please listen to what's in this book. Follow what's in the book and let's not change it. I mean, they did a great job. You know, who are we to change what they they wrote here? So thanks, everybody. Love you and have a God-filled day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Penny. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead, please. Hi, everyone again. I couldn't help it. This is so rich, so rich. This is Kim again. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement that binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. This is something Overeaters Anonymous needs to think about. How many of the meetings we go to is the common element only that we are suffering from compulsive overeating, only coming together and that we have this common problem and never getting to the fact that we also miraculously have this common solution. If really, if, if sobriety was able to be found by a bunch of drunks talking about the problem, then the, the, the bums under the train tracks would find recovery. Us compulsive overeaters sitting at the buffet, binging our brains out, crying and talking about how we can't stop would get us recovery. That is one element that binds us. We have to get to the solution. The solution is what is going to free us. When they talk about that shipwreck, I remember a couple next couple years ago now when they had that cruise ship in Italy, in the Mediterranean, that got capsized. And you hear these horrific stories about it going over and the people were, were coming together. They had this common problem and they didn't know what to do. And I saw an interview and someone said the, that it, they survived because the group that they were with said, listen, we are in this together, and we have to get out of it. And they looked towards a solution to get free from that cruise ship. He said, unfortunately, there were many people that came together and, and were only bound by the fact that this cruise ship was sinking. And they couldn't get past the fact that this cruise ship is sinking, and they died. They died because they only could get united in the problem. It was those that said, we are going to figure out a way to get off this cruise ship that survived that wreck. And that is so true with Overeaters Anonymous. So many of us come together and say, yes, I feel a part of. I'm not a freak. I am suffering like you. Hallelujah. I found a place where I feel comfortable. But if we don't get past that point where we feel comfortable in the disease, we're never going to reach for the solution. This meeting is so strong because it 
it concentrates on the solution. I also know this meeting repelled a lot of people who want to stay in the problem. So we have to ask ourselves today, are we willing to get past that common, that powerful cement that binds us, which is the solution and the problem, and are we willing to reach now towards that solution which will bind us in a way that Penny beautifully describes with her accident nine years ago? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Janet. Janice, go ahead. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. We are average Americans. We come from all walks of life. You know, this disease doesn't care what your job is, what your status is, what your economic situation is, what part of the country you live in, your age, your race, your sex. It doesn't care about any of that. You know, it hits all of us. It's, it's an equal opportunity disease. You know, but this solution is all-inclusive, never exclusive. doesn't exclude anybody. doesn't exclude anybody if you're willing and if you want it badly enough. You know, and, and we are people who normally would not mix, and I can attest to that. And some of the dearest people in the world to me people that I have met through the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. And I have my stories, too, of what it can be like when you are attached and firmly rooted in this fellowship, when you have indeed grabbed hold and worked these steps. You know, there is, there is something that binds us more than just the problem, more than just the problem, more than just the problem. And when it, when it joins you with others, it's unlike anything. It's unlike anything. You know, that in itself, this common problem, it says, would not have kept us together. Would not have kept us together. And although I know I myself attended meetings where people sat around in a circle and commiserated about that common problem, you know, it wasn't until we had that common solution that we were inextricably tied together in something much greater than ourselves, much greater than ourselves. And I love an old AA friend of mine who always says, you put down stakes in this program. You put down stakes and you drive them deep. You drive them deep because when you do that, when the working of the steps drive those stakes down deep, then no matter what happens, what calamity might hit you in your in your life, there is something solid and foundational that's been laid. And people come together around that, around that, in a deep and meaningful way. A deep and meaningful way. And and this is the common solution that we are going to read about. And and that if you have that desire, if you identify yourself as a common with the common peril and you have that desire to experience the common solution, it's like nothing else you've ever experienced. At least that's, that's my humble opinion on the whole thing, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Marjorie. Sherry Kay in Georgia. Marjorie and then our Georgia gal. Go ahead, Marjorie. Yes. 
Good morning. I'm Marjorie. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. There is a description in the 12 and 12 in Step 5 of the way I felt when I approached the state of where I was at coming to this paragraph for the first time. And it said, We thought the isolation problem had been solved, but we soon discovered that while we weren't alone anymore in a social sense, we still suffered many of the old pangs of anxious apartness. Until we had talked with complete candor of our conflicts and had listened to someone else do the same thing, we still didn't belong. Step five was the answer. It was the beginning of true kinship with man and God. I spent a long time feeling not alone in the social sense once I came into the fellowship. But that underlying current of anxious apartness was still there. And that's what kept me going back to the food. And it wasn't until I began and continued on with the steps that that feeling began to change and I discovered that there was more inside of me, not just conflicts, but a lot more of me of life and of being a human being than I ever even knew was possible. So while I had met a lot of wonderful people in the fellowship, it was in doing the steps that I began to meet myself. Thank you for listening. I pass. Thank you, Marjorie and our member from Georgia. I missed your name. Sherry Kay. Go right ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, hey, everybody. This 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 program, this phone thing is just it's just wonderful. Um, um, the um, I was one that came into this um, this phone meeting um, thinking recovered. You know, how can you have this and be recovered? That was a you know I was. Um, didn't know quite about that, but but I I look at that now. Um, the nearly all have recovered uh, in the in the first paragraph this chapter, and um, I looked at that this morning, and I thought, you know, could I be there? Um, I'm I'm doing I'm doing well. I really am, and thank goodness for you all and the doctor's opinion. And um, I'm considering that word recovered. Maybe it can happen. Um, and I'm just really grateful for that. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula, may I share? Of this course. is Eileen. Paula and then Eileen. This is Paula, at recovered. Oh, what a joy in that word. Unlike the feelings, and the the whole paragraph is wonderful, but I'm going to zero in on this one. I'm going to scoot right to that word. Unlike the feelings of the ship passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. Well, wasn't that what it was? You know, the joy, oh, wow, I'm saved, thank goodness, and we walk away, and we forget what we were saved from. Not here. Not here, because it says unlike 
unlike it does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril. I'm reading this word for word because, listen, look at the impact. This common peril, that's what we have in common. That's what brought us together no matter where we were in life, no matter what state, and I mean that in more than one way. In one element, ooh, one, in the powerful cement which binds us. William James says this disease binds and blinds you. And the recovery frees you and binds you in a way to each other. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. More to follow. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you. And Eileen, please. Hi, this is Eileen. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, everyone. This is Eileen, recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts, and so grateful. Thank you, God, and thank you to this fellowship. This is absolutely my favorite paragraph in this book, the sentence that says, we are people who normally would not mix. When I started this program, I felt so alone. I felt like there was something wrong with me that why could I control everything and everyone in my life except my weight problem? It was all about me. I was such a smart person, and yet I couldn't lose and keep the weight off. I didn't understand. When I got involved in this program and I started listening to these phone meetings, and I heard so many people talking about the things that I had done, talking about the feelings that I had had, I started to think, wow, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that has experienced these things, that has had these problems. And they sound like they've found something that I really want, and that's recovery. And if they can do it, then I bet I can do it. That's what they all say. They say, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Well, you know, I've said that to myself a million times, but I hadn't accomplished it. And the first time I put my name and phone number out on this meeting, I got phone calls. I must have had a dozen phone calls the first week from people who had different accents, from people who were 21 years old and 81 years old, people who were from the south, from the north, from the west, from different countries. It was amazing to me. And regardless of whether they were men or women, old or young, where they came from, we all related to the same feelings about our frustration with food, and we all related to the same feelings of lack of control and lack of power, and it was amazing to me. And the more I listened and the more I got involved I, I came to believe. I came to believe in a higher power that I didn't have in my life. I came to believe in the program of recovery, and I started taking the steps. I have a phenomenal sponsor, and she's walked me through these steps. I'm now sponsoring other people and walking them through the steps. It has been so life-changing, and it's all because of people who would normally not mix. You know, I... I found myself in a conversation with a gentleman, an executive from Canada, who was desperate. And he reached out to me after hearing me share on a call. 
And I helped him, and he helped me. There is no way in hell I would ever have had anything to do with this executive from Canada. And dear Hoodie in Israel, I love talking to Hoodie when I listen to this this mom with these kids, and you hear the voices in the background of the park in Israel. How would I ever have run into that wonderful woman if not through this fellowship? And there's a truck driver in Texas who I reached out to and tried to help early on, and he struggled, and he wasn't able to grab the program at that point, but we stayed in touch, and we became friends on the phone, and then we kind of lost touch. And then I heard him on this meeting last week, and he's in recovery. And I looked at my voice messages this weekend, and he called me twice and reached out to me. I wasn't home to take his calls. We would normally not mix different political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds, and none of that matters. We share a common disease, and we are following a common program. It is absolutely such a gift from God, and I am so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Eileen. I, too, would like to comment on a couple things here. We are average Americans. Of course, that makes me chuckle because... Uh, you know, we we span across the globe now, uh, that spiritual chain reaction that grew from Ebby and Bill across the kitchen table to Dr. Bob and Akron now stretches to countless uh, alcoholics and countless compulsive overeaters in cultures as diverse as imaginable. I mean, I, all you have to do is take a look at uh, our contact list, and you'll see people who reside in Canada, Israel, Austria, Sweden, Germany, France, for instance. I have a sponsee who got a call from a woman who listens to the recordings, and she resides in Africa. So, I mean, it just uh, spreads throughout the globe. It says all sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. Uh, Well, (laughs) you know, alcoholism occurs in all sorts of people. Compulsive overeating occurs in all sorts of people. There's no class of individuals or financial, social, educational, intellectual, cultural, or otherwise that's immune to this disease. However, that's the beauty of it. You know, it says we are people who normally would not mix. I love that about our rooms. I love that. What a rich tapestry of people. You know, the beauty of walking into one of these rooms or sitting on a line with you at 7 a.m. in the morning is that, uh, you know, it's such a composition of people. I walk into, you know, a local... OA meeting or an open AA meeting and I'm sitting with truck drivers and electricians and doctors and nurses and housewives and the unemployed and people uh you know who who come from all walks of life you look at oh, you look at AA for instance and its history there are people who have lived in the white house there are people who have walked on the moon there are people who are in the football hall of fame the baseball hall of fame there are people from skid row to the white house there's some of the wealthiest people in, and on the planet and some of the poorest people on the planet. And the beauty of these rooms is that you don't know who is who. You don't know who is who. 
we are people who would normally not mix. Absolutely true. But like pieces of a mosaic, beautiful pieces of a mosaic that when put together form a picture of hope or perhaps on this line, a song, a message of hope, a message of hope. It says here on the bottom, the feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. Yes, that fellowship is very important. Those first 100 or so people who got together and formed AA over uh, seven decades ago didn't have much of a fellowship to rely on. There were only about 100 of them, and they weren't even all in the same town. Some were in Akron, some were in New York, and a few other places. They certainly could not depend on much organization or fellowship they were so spread out but what they depended on was a higher power the real power of recovery and the 12 steps the AA fellowship the OA fellowship very useful very powerful but the fellowship alone is not enough you can't recover from the disease of compulsive overeating simply by going to meetings any more than you could become a parent simply by going to PTA meetings. You know, recovery does not happen by osmosis. That The recovery occurs through that spiritual experience that results from working the 12 steps. So the fellowship that supports us, very powerful. But it's the program of action that's going to change us. One supports us, one changes us. The support comes through the fellowship, but the change comes as a result of implementing these steps. And since God resides within each and every one of us equally, we all have the same spiritual potential. We all have the potential to recover, each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Judy. Judy. Texas. Yes, go ahead. This is also my favorite paragraph. My When it talks about all of us being, we're all different and we're all the same. And there's a common bond, and the common bond we are held together with the powerful cement. And cement, that word cement, we have bridges that are decades old. Cement is very, very strong, and it's one of the strongest substances. Uh, just unbelievable, you know, that some of the uh, bridges are decades and decades and decades old. So that is a really strong bond. And it's like being family. And I do consider my OA friends family. And some... Some of them are closer than family, if that's possible. But that is true. Some of them are closer than family. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Judy. 
and we're out of time now, and I want to thank everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Fran, will you please read a vision for you? Good morning, Leia. Good morning, vision for you. This is Fran, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.